Welcome to Wellversed, where we bring biblical principles of governance to governmental leaders and you. This is the Wellversed podcast. We're going to shift right now. Um, we have Congresswoman Michelle Bachman on, and she's going to introduce Congressman Diane Black. I, I am saying it right by saying Congressman Diane Black. And if, if Diane wants to explain why that's the, a legal technical term uh, on that one, she, she certainly can. But she and her husband, David Black, have a remarkable ministry. David's accomplishments are really pretty staggering. And along with Todd Kokono, uh, Todd Kokono has been a friend. Well, his mother's been a friend of yours for a long time. Um, David uh, is a professor. Uh, David Black is a professor at Vanderbilt University, pharmacology, uh, pathology, immunology, bacteriology, toxology, and he's founded corporations, etc. Pretty remarkable, the string of accomplishments. His wife served in Congress. I'll let Congresswoman Michelle Bachman introduce her because they were colleagues in Congress. And then Pastor Todd Kalkado. The three of them are going to talk to us about something very important called second vote. But let's go to Congresswoman Michelle Bachman to introduce uh, Diane Black. Hi, can you hear me, Jim and Rosemary? We sure can. We can oh, hear you. Thank you for having me on. I, uh, before I introduce Diane Black, and I'm privileged to do that, I just wanted to bring to everyone's attention an opportunity. And the opportunity is this. There is a free conference that Regent University is putting on. It's going to be a live stream event. It is Tuesday. It's less than 10 days away. Tuesday, March 29th. And it will be held live before a studio audience, but everyone can watch for free. It's live. It is a five-hour deep dive. The number one question everyone asks me all across the world is, what is happening? What's happening to America? What's happening across the world? I don't get it. So many things that are weird that have never happened before going on. So to that end, we're doing a five-hour deep dive. We have Christian historian Bill Federer, who will give us the entire history of totalitarianism, fascism, socialism, communism. But then we're going to have two leading experts. One is the chief of American scholars. His name is Dr. Michael Rechtenwald. He'll speak on the World Economic Forum. He just wrote a remarkable essay for Hillsdale College in Primus Magazine. We're also having investigative reporter Leo Holman, who's also speaking on the World Economic Forum. Senator Rand Paul will be a part of our event. He's going to speak on medical authoritarianism how that is being used as a pretext to control people's lives. And after that, we'll have one of the best archives I've ever seen from the Gateway Pundit document in all of these Western democracies, how in the last two or three years, we've had this unprecedented simultaneous rise of global authoritarianism, really what's a precursor to global governance. And after we hear from them, our capstone speaker, will then be Dr. Ed Heinsen. And Ed Heinsen is going to talk about the four hours of the geopolitical situation that our first class speakers are laying out. He will then interpret that through the lens of the Bible. What does the Bible have to say about these unprecedented times? To access this wonderful conference, go to regent.edu, and we can put that on the chat, regent.edu forward slash globalism. So again, Tuesday, March 29th from noon to five o'clock Eastern time. And uh, it'll be a first class production, regent.edu forward slash globalism. And you can come back and you can access the speakers later in the, in the archive at the very same address. So please come and join us on that date. Now with that, I would like Just to- One moment, Michelle. I'd like to ask everybody, this conference is so important. I want, to, I want to encourage you to go say one more time the website. And there's a reason why I want you to say it one more time. Go ahead, Michelle. It's Regent, which is R-E-G-E-N-T, regent.edu forward slash globalism. And, you know, Jim, I've been wanting to do this. The Holy Spirit put this on my heart probably about January. And um, I couldn't let it go. It Just because of the tenor of the time. Things are happening so fast. It's absolutely at a break neck pace and it isn't just america it's happening simultaneously all over the world and we need if we don't understand this it's the biggest event in history that is happening 
And we need to understand that a lot of people are in despair. As a matter of fact, this week, a study came out from the American Psychological Association saying that the highest level of stress, anxiety, depression is being recorded right now because people are nervous. They know something isn't right. That's what we're attempting to explain. This four hour deep dive with these leading experts laying out the geopolitical, but then the real capstone, that's all to tee up the most important part. And that's what does the Bible say about this? What does the Bible tell us? That's where our hope and encouragement is going to come from. So it isn't a doom and gloom conference. This is actually going to be a great conference. And one that I think after you watch it, you'll say to yourself, Oh, I wish I would have invited this person, that person, this person has to hear it. So it's something then that you'll be able to share and forward to other people as well. But thank you, Jim. We've done two other prior conferences that have been fabulous. One on election integrity, one on the collapse of Afghanistan. I think this one is going to be probably even more important than the other two, because this is about the main event, which is what is happening right now. And it's really the rise of global governance. Well, that's why I wanted you to say the website, folks, this is so important uh, that I want you to get the link and then copy that link and put it in an email and shoot that out to all your friends. Yeah. Invite everybody you can to be on this because this is crisis that we we're in a crisis situation that we know what is happening. There isn't a country you can name that is not in a crisis right now over that's this right. issue. This is stunning what we're seeing. So thank you. Thank you for covering that with this Congresswoman. Now we have a special guest that you know well you want to introduce us to. I do. Uh, my former colleague, Diane Black, who I was privileged to work with, she is a sunny, wonderful, happy human being. She's a grandmother married to her husband. She gave wonderful service uh, to her constituents from the state of Tennessee. As I said, she was a first-class person to be with, a strong believer in Christ, and it was a pleasure to be with her. She has a lot of knowledge um, in her background about her profession. She'll be sharing that with you tonight. I just want you to know, I want you to hear it from me, that I enjoyed every second working with Diane. She's really a great girl. And um, I want you to hear from her more than I want you to hear from me. But thank you, Jim and Rosemary, for having me on. Judy, thank you for having me on. And I know you're going to love hearing from Diane tonight. Congressman Diane Black and uh, Dr. David Black and Pastor Todd Coconado, take it away. Well, thank you. I think I'm going to start, first of all, by saying thank you to Michelle for all those kind words. Um, we really, along with a number of other women that were in our conference, were a dynamic group of um, women when there weren't very many women in our side of Congress. And so Michelle was very, very strong. Um, in making sure that we did the kinds of things that the United States would want us to do, and more particularly in what their constituents want us to do when we get to Congress. So um, I know you have us on tonight for a very specific reason. First of all, I'm going to tell you my background is nursing, so I'm going to tell you how Second Boast got started. Um, Dave and I, as usual, when we leave church on Sunday, we go directly to the grocery store because by that point in the week, there's not much left on the shelf. And we were checking out at the counter and the, um, the gal behind the counter asked my husband who has a big heart and hardly ever says no, especially for anything as important as life. She asked if he would like to give a donation to the March of Dimes. And he said, of course. And he gave a very um, good and, and benevolent donation because both of us are pro-life and we love babies. Um, as we were walking out of the store, I didn't want to say anything while we were still in the store and at the counter, but I asked him, why did you do that? And he said to me, well, because it was for the babies. And I said, well, you know, before you did that, you should ask me, you should always ask your wife first, right? All the ladies that are on the, on the call. And, and he asked me, well, why would that be? And I said, because I know something about March of Dimes that I don't think you're going to like very much. And that is that they give money to Planned Parenthood. And that was really the inception of second vote because your first vote is in the ballot box, but your second vote is with your dollars. And so from that point on, um, David continued to think about how he could make a difference with helping people and understand where their dollars are going to when they spend them, either the donated dollar or the dollar that you spend in, um, in a store or wherever. And so um, I'm going to turn this over to my husband now, because I think that 
he can tell you the rest of the story, but I wanted to at least give you a little peek into what really caused all of this to happen to get him to start thinking about what we could do. Dear? Well, <laughs> good evening and uh, thank you very much for having us in your meeting tonight. It's uh, really an honor to be among all of you and uh, it's, a, it's an interesting story and I'll try to be as pointed as I can be. This is 10 years of research work and application of research work compressed into about 10 minutes. But uh, I'd like to say a couple of things just starting. It is, uh, as the slide says, it's about follow the money. What we're all about is looking to see where your dollar goes after you spend it, you donate it, or you invest it. And uh, your money goes and does things you would never want it to do. And that's because of the way in which our economy has now been structured where our corporations have now gone with regard to social activism. And, uh, uh, you know, another part of my background is I, I am a uh, forensic scientist. I have a doctorate degree in legal medicine. I always like to get to the facts and find the facts and let the facts lead to the truth. And here it's the money trail that will help lead to that truth. And in reality, when anything bad is going on, follow the money, as Bernstein and Woodward said in All the President's Men, the story of Watergate. Uh, and of course, listen to the, what's happening in Canada, what's happening in the border, what's happening in the Ukraine. Uh, this story is not any prettier. Uh, this story has been going on for a very long time. Uh, a lot of people are now just learning of the World Economic Forum. They're hearing of the Great Reset. They are seeing what's occurring. One thing that has to be appreciated is that the election of President Trump in 2016 rattled the movement worldwide towards a one world government. And the world's elitists could not be satisfied until make America great again as a message could be defeated. And then the 2020 election really further accelerated the uh, agenda from the radical left. Uh, if we could go to the next slide. Since our inception in 2012, we were just 10 years old in March this month. And uh, through the course of time, the second vote has been active. We've had a number of success stories. Every organization, every corporation you see on this slide has been impacted by the followers of second vote. Second vote, what we say is educate, act, and then amend behavior. Your own behavior, that of those who are engaged in bad behavior. Every organization that you see here, we've had impact on in one way or another. Uh, for instance, United Way, when we began monitoring United Way for their support of Planned Parenthood, there were 86 chapters that gave money to Planned Parenthood. We're now down to 57. Each year we put out a United Way report to bring focus on the United Way, but I can't go into all of these. Uh, Chili's was going to do a two month or what a one month profit sharing with Planned Parenthood in Kentucky and uh, Indiana. Uh, when we found out those franchises were doing that, we put focus, we put light on it. And when we put the light on it, they withdrew that. I would like to point out though, March of Dimes is on here where we've had impact. March of Dimes is what launched second vote. We now have two letters from the current president of March of Dimes that they no longer work with Planned Parenthood. And they have assured us that they do not support Planned Parenthood. They do not uh, support abortion. So we've uh, had impact. We're not an everyday name, but it's our followers that do this. We are structured in a way in which our followers coming through our website can go directly to corporations and comment on what corporations are doing. Could we go to the next website, please? Uh, the next Sorry. slide, please. Uh, these are our uh, issues. Uh, life, I've already mentioned. Uh, Second Amendment, our right to defend ourselves. Education, extreme environmentalism. I am a scientist. Uh, I will say to you without explanation that there is no man-made climate warming that is occurring. Uh, we still live in God's world. 
and he is a power beyond anything that man can imagine. And uh, environment, all these issues are being used to drive the goal of a one world government and the destruction of nation states. Civil safe society, that's border security, that's law enforcement. All of these six issues have other issues attached to them. Uh, basic freedoms, we call it basic freedoms because the Security and Exchange Commission would not allow us to use the terminology First Amendment. But the basic freedoms are freedom of religion, freedom of speech, freedom of assembly. These are six Judeo-Christian issues foundational to what America is. For all of these issues, we have scripture references, we have founding fathers of America statements, and these are the issues under attack. This is where those who would destroy America in the advancement of a tyranny that we call the Great Reset, or we call it one world government, uh, this is what they're looking to destroy and embedded within these six issues, all these other aspects of it. We go to the next slide, please. Uh, I think, uh, let's go past this slide. It, I don't think anybody really wants to get into the mathematics of what we do here. I will just tell you, this is not one plus one equals two on our scoring system. It's geometric mean analysis. We got mathematician, mathematicians working on this. The last mathematics they showed me took me six days to understand. Uh, we don't need to, let's go to the next slide. Uh, how we score is on a five point system. We try to translate all of our research work into a simple scoring system. So those that follow our mission can easily decide where they wish to shop or donate or invest. Numbers that are lower or closer to the number 1.00 this is going to represent radical liberalism, progressivism, socialism, communism, one world government, atheism, elitism. Uh, numbers that are three are neutral, meaning the organization or corporation is not engaged in the cultural wars. They're providing traditional uh, charity. To the other side, what we have is conservative, constitutional, Judeo-Christian, uh, Sage Kant and George Barna, traditional American patriot, uh, just what you can think of as Americana. Wanting to step back for just a moment, I'm sure everybody on this call understands, without Jesus Christ, there is no United States of America. And without the United States of America, there is no point in the world of liberty and freedom and individual rights under God that is known anywhere else in the world. We are the target. It is America that must be destroyed and defeated to allow the tyranny to rise up and succeed. Next slide, please. We have been in the press over time. Uh, we've had Bloomberg follow us. We've had uh, uh, all sorts of media outlets, uh, Fox News. We've been written up in China. We've had film crews come from Europe to interview us about what we're doing. We hear from people in Australia and Spain and throughout the world about what we're doing. And many on this call may have never heard of us, but we've been here for 10 years uh, trying to educate individuals on what's happening, which is now being revealed. One thing uh, I wanna point out, we were the first to identify that the National Football League is now strongly in bed with communism and atheism through Black Lives Matter and through their agreements with the National Football League Players Association. This is a battle where the other side has been very, very busy, very well organized, very well funded. The reality though, is they're being funded with our money because it's corporations that we spend our dollars with, nonprofits we donate to. Our money is funding the attack on our faith and also the attack on our country. And one thing I'd like to point out on this slide too, None of these companies that are doing this are showing this in the commercials they run on television. You have these very warm and fuzzy, good feel commercials. They don't tell you what's happening behind the scenes and what they're doing with their profit dollars. 
I will also state though, many times corporate executives don't know what's going on inside of their corporations because they've created the diversity office, which may be the funding outlet for this or their human resources department. We've talked to corporate executives that have no idea that their companies are actually funding a lot of this bad behavior. However, all the research we do, once we do our research, once we score the corporation, before we post it publicly, we always send that information to the company, to their chief legal officer, their CEO, their board of directors, so they can see what we're going to report on, how we are reporting, how we're making this publicly available. We give them the opportunity to correct their record. If we could go to the next slide, please. Uh, yeah, this slide is fine. Uh, uh, there, one of the, we have a lot of initiatives of what we're trying to do to address the, uh, where the money is going. And one initiative, and please understand, this is not saying anything negative about the Graham family, but Samaritan's Purse runs Operation Christmas Child every year. It's in thousands and thousands of churches. They do over 10 million shoe boxes filled with items and goods that are going to go to third world countries. Congregations then go out and shop Walmart and Target and they buy their products from the bad actors. And I, we may have skipped a slide here. I think there should have been a slide prior to this that showed the scoring of Walmart and Target, which are stores that just are filled with goods made in communist China, perhaps even with slave labor. And congregations are going out to buy and typically about 50, 55, $60 worth of product to go into those boxes that will then go off and be given to children in third world countries, which is very noble. But what we're doing is we're feeding the beast that's trying to destroy us. Walmart and Target are bad actors. Amazon is a very bad actor. Uh, we have three phases of this program. First one is anywhere but Walmart and Target and Amazon. Uh, right now we have a warehouse full of items that can go into these boxes that we wanna work with churches to buy in bulk so we'll drop ship them to them. Our next phase is anywhere but communist China for approved contents. We've done a very good job of removing a lot of those. And then finally, phase three would be made in America products only. But what we wanna do is we can drop ship to the churches for less cost, meaning the churches can do more boxes, but we wanna get people away from going to Walmart and Target and spending 10, hundreds of millions of dollars in these stores to fill these boxes. It's a good initiative great intent, a great Christian action, unfortunately, is delivering a lot of profit dollars to people who are then taking those dollars and attacking our faith. If you could move to the next slide, please. Can we back up about maybe four slides? I There was a slide that showed good actors, bad act. Well, yeah, right there. Uh, just some quick corporate examples of uh, what we call the good, the bad, and the ugly. The list is far beyond this. Uh, and one thing to talk about right now with uh, providing help to the Ukraine, uh, we do not recommend the Red Cross. A lot of people automatically think of the Red Cross, but the American Red Cross works with the International Red Cross. They give them money for abortions. So we score down the Red Cross. Uh, I'm sure we haven't scored the nonprofits spoken up here this evening, but I'm going to take it on faith that they're better than the Red Cross, but we never recommend the Red Cross as the agency to donate to. There are other great national organizations like Samaritan's Purse that does reach out in disasters to help with disasters. But here you can see the score on Target, Walmart, The Gap, uh, if, wherever you buy your gasoline, Shell, uh, ExxonMobil, BP, all these big box international organizations or corporations are caught up in this one world government movement, in this attack on Christianity, on this attack to harm the United States of America and all of Western, Western civilization. If we could go forward two slides now, not the next slide, but the one after that. One more slide. Oh, oh back one there. No, back. Uh, there we go. Uh, with re I've talked about the uh, retail dollar, shopping dollar, uh, the donated dollar. And by the way, we always say shop local, give local. 
and uh, love local. But uh, with regard to investments, uh, we have two funds on the Chicago Board of Exchange. One is the Life Fund, LYFE. No company in that fund is funding abortion. Uh, the, that that uh, fund has outperformed the S&P 500 up to December of last year. The second fund, Aegis, is the Civil Safe Society Board of Security. Uh, no company in the Aegis Fund is funding open borders, sanctuary cities, the attack on law enforcement. Both of those funds have outperformed the S&P 500. And uh, year to date, they're outperforming all the other indexes. But those are places where for investment purposes, we have about nine product, products in total. We have uh, seven PhD economists on our team. Uh, much more to that story, but basically we are creating investment products so you don't have to work with the bad guys. If you could move forward to the last slide then. Uh, as uh, Again, we have other initiatives. Taka Kanato here in just a moment is going to talk about the Religious Liberty Coalition. We have something called the Small Business Alliance that we are uh, working on. We're, we're, we've scored over 3,000 large organizations, uh, for-profit organizations. We can't do that for small business. Uh, longer story there. We ask that uh, people always shop local when they can. If not, shop greater than 3.00 or the highest second vote score you can. Align your dollars with your values. This is not a boycott. This is not a boycott. We want people to be responsible, good Christian stewards of their treasure. Uh, you can write through our website. We can link you to the corporations. If you want to tell them you don't like what they're doing, even if you shop with them, tell them you know they're scored badly. And we tell you what they're bad on on our website. Uh, tell them you're shopping at their store, but you don't like what that you just don't like what they're doing. Uh, we do have some subscribers to help support this. That's a $50 a year membership to uh, be on our information feed. Uh, we do provide a weekly uh, set of data and information about corporations. We have investment council members that at that level, people get access directly to our raw data. Uh, you can learn a lot more at our website, uh, secondvote.com. A uh, couple of real quick closing comments because I don't want to step on Todd's time. But uh, Abraham Lincoln in 1837, speaking to a group of men in Illinois, and this is of course before he's president of the United States. Abraham Lincoln said at that time, America is a very young country. At that time, Abraham Lincoln said, America is too strong of a country to be defeated from an enemy outside our borders. We can only fall to an, to an enemy from within. That is what is in play today. Our country is in great danger. We all have a responsibility to become more aware, to become better educated. We need to act. The time to act is now. We provide information. A lot of people say, I don't know what's going on. I don't understand it. I don't know what I can do. Well, we'll provide you information that you can act upon. You can take action with your second vote. Your second vote is powerful. It's estimated in the United States, just on the investment side, there's $52 trillion of Christian invested money. It's just not organized. We hear about ESG. We hear about the left and what they do. We have great power in our consuming dollars, our invested dollars, and certainly in our donated dollars. We also need to raise our voice, speak up. We cannot be silent. Silence is the great ally of tyranny. Thank you very much for listening to my remarks. Uh, I guess I'll turn it over to Todd and he could speak to another initiative. We have the uh, Religious Liberty Coalition kind of fell out of something else, which is the American Bible Project, where we're putting Bibles back into public schools. But uh, Todd's heading up as president of the Religious Liberty Coalition. Thank you, Dr. Black. Thank you. Can you guys hear me? Yes, we sure can. Okay. Thank you, Dr. Garlow and Rosemary for having me on as well. And thank you, Congressman Black as well. Um, David, it's good to see you, my friend, by the way. Uh, very good to see you and appreciate you. have been praying for you. 
And uh, his brother is a dear friend as well. I was actually with him in Colorado before he got on the plane and went home and got arrested. So uh, very near and dear to my heart. And we've been praying very hard for you. Uh, thank you for sharing tonight. By the way, you can go to streetchurch.ca is their website. I don't think he mentioned that streetchurch.ca. Uh, so I want to talk about, as Dr. Blackhead spoke about, the Religious Liberty Coalition. And uh, this is such an urgent matter. As you, as you heard the story about you know David and his brother, Arthur, up in Canada, this is at our doorstep. And what we are doing is we're sounding the alarm. Uh, we're sounding the alarm here in the United States. You know, during the pandemic, we saw pastors, one of my friends, uh, Dr. Rodney Howard Brown down in Florida, he was arrested for having church service. Uh, many of my friends, Cheon uh, out in California, uh, you know, Pastor John MacArthur had his parking lot taken away. We're still dealing with many churches that have had fines from the state of California and other states around the nation. So, you know, maybe I see a little bit more as the president of the Religious Liberty Coalition, but uh, we're really trying to light a fire under the body of Christ and let people know that it's not business as usual. It is not business as usual. We cannot be acting as if it's business as usual. And so what we're doing at the Religious Liberty Coalition, I'm just give you kind of the, the high level things, but we're offering education. Uh, we're asking each pastor that joins the coalition to get their congregants to vote. What a concept, right? For the Christian community, we got to vote. Uh, you know, we're circling the wagons if someone comes under attack. You know, if a pastor in the coalition or even a non-coalition pastor comes under attack, we want to be there to circle the wagons. The left has done a really good job of circling the wagons. We are not so good on our side. And so that's one of the things that we want to do. We want to help them if they come under attack in the media. Uh, we want to help give them, uh, you know, some of our friends like Matt Staver and Brad Dacus and other Christian law firms. We want to guide a pastor that's in our coalition if they come under attack uh, legally. Uh, we want to push back, uh, you know, just in general, strength in numbers. That's why we're forming this coalition. Um, you know, like as Dr. Black had mentioned, we have the Aiken Bible. We're educating. I'm going around speaking at many conferences, uh, educating people that, you know what, there's, it actually wasn't a separation of church and state. That this Bible, the Aiken Bible, was actually approved by the Congress. What a concept, right? So uh, just really getting rid of the misinformation and lies and propaganda. And I find the younger people are really getting taught this. And so uh, it's very interesting to have some of these con uh, conversations with the younger people. And then I'm speaking around the country as well. And uh, we're going to be putting up a landing page. And what we're doing is we're really using this as a funnel. But what we're doing is we're basically saying, you know, either we're willing to stand or we're not. So it's kind of like a line in the sand. You know, as a pastor, I've been a pastor for over 17 years. I mean, you know, as a pastor, we have to make a decision in this hour. Are we going to preach the full gospel? Are we going to stand by the full Bible? You know, they're going to try to call certain elements of the Bible. We already see the Southern Poverty Law Center and others. They're, they're already pushing with the Equality Act and, and different acts that they're trying to push through Congress to call certain elements of biblical doctrinal Christianity, nothing fringe, just regular doctrinal Christianity as hate speech. And so uh, that's why we're sounding the alarm, because these bills are already sitting there. And you know, as the congressman is on here, she knows, I mean, uh, you know, they, they sit and they wait for the right opportunity and they already got the bill written out. And then, you know, as soon as they could push through their narrative, they, they use it. And so these things are already written. They're real thick. They're, they're already ready to roll out. They're just waiting for the next crisis. As you know, they say, never let a good crisis go to waste. So that's why we're sounding the alarm. And uh, as I go around and speak, I, I often talk about a story, and I'm sure you, most of you know about this story, but Dietrich Bonhoeffer. You know, he was sounding the alarm uh, in the initial stages of Nazi Germany. And unfortunately, not enough people cared what he had to say. Not enough people heard the message. And, you know, I think for my whole life, I've always wondered, how did it happen? How did the pastors, how were they silent in Nazi Germany? What happened? What, you know, well, now, I mean, I hate to say it, but we kind of understand how it happened because we're watching it happen right now. So what we're trying to do, and as the Bible says, there's nothing new under the sun. We're sounding the alarm now. And thank God for organizations like Second Vote, like this prayer call, like uh, many of the different things that many of you are doing. I really believe God is saying this is a time of action. We can't just be talking about it. For years, we've been having this conversation. Is there an attack on the church? Is there an attack on biblical Christianity? Well, I, you know, I think we've all come to the understanding there absolutely is. And uh, it is a time for action. And so the Lord is giving different strategies and visions and dreams and different things to people of God. Uh, but there's no shortage of things that we can do. We can do many, many things. Uh, somebody mentioned earlier on the call about uh, the mama bears and the papa bears that 
showed up. I mean, the parents that have been showing up to these school board meetings and, uh, you know, these people are shocked. They're like, all of a sudden there's all these parents showing up to these school board meetings, you know, get involved in the local level, get involved in politics. Again, everybody's got to vote, become a poll worker, help organizations like the Religious Liberty Coalition, let people know we're out here. And uh, we are, you know, this, this coalition continues to grow. I mean, you know, we're in the hundred, hundred mark now of churches and we continue to grow. We'd like to see thousands. Uh, and all that we're really asking, I mean, you know, it's, it's not about a denomination, you know, it's just basically, are you willing to stand? Are you willing to stand for the entirety of the word of God? Are you willing to push back against the tyranny and what we see happening in, in our neighbor in the North? And, and so America, everybody in, in the world right now is watching America. I know this because I talked to pastors in the UK. I talked to pastors in Australia. I talked to pastors all around the country and the world. And they're saying, you know, what are you guys doing in America? So everybody's looking at us right now and we're on the front lines. So I appreciate your prayers. And uh, I do, you know, I am hopeful. Uh, I've been speaking at many of these conferences. We're seeing more people than I've ever seen in the ministry getting baptized, coming for prayer, getting saved. So I believe that we're on the, on the cusp of the greatest revival in the history of the world. Uh, but we do have to stand and we have to do our part. And so that's what we're doing out here at the Religious Liberty Coalition. And I appreciate you giving us the opportunity to share a little bit about what we're doing tonight. All right, Todd. Uh, thank you to each one of you. That just was so encouraging to hear. Mario, what questions do you have? Yes, thank you so much, uh, David. Uh, it's, it's amazing, Con Congresswoman. Um, my question is, um, with what we see happening with the ESG guide, guidelines for, for these corporations, it, it, common not understanding is, aren't these corporations concerned about making money in capitalism? How are so many of them involved with this World Economic Forum to put these additional restrictions? H how did that happen? And, and kind of a, follow, a second question, I think it was within 24 hours, tens or hundreds of corporations pulled immediately out of Russia, understandably. Was that a concerted effort because they're already coalesced to work in unison when, when they're ready to trigger the reset? Great question. Uh, there are 162 corporations in the United States that signed what I call the stakeholder manifesto, which is really the ESG commitment. There was a full page ad in the Wall Street Journal in 2019. And however, in addition to those 162 United States corporations, there are many other multinational corporations domiciled in other countries that form a greater grouping that are the financial underpinning of the World Economic Forum. So this has been evolving and developing for years from pressure from the left as those of us with more traditional uh, values and views and a belief in the American capitalist system and American freedoms, uh, we've been silent. We've not been speaking up. We've not been making our voice heard. So the only voice that's been heard has been that voice that is pushed for this extreme environmentalism, the social justice that is not justice, it's just another form of bigotry. So it's, it's an interesting evolution, but it's been going on. It's not suddenly jumped out of nowhere. And this is really these big international socialist uh, companies that are now partnering with big socialist government. And it's remarkable, you know, big corporations love uh, regulations. Uh, it stifles competition. It brings them closer to government. Uh, J.P. Morgan, when Dodd-Frank was passed in 2000, they loved it. Uh, it was great because it drove small community banks out of business. And so uh, don't be fooled. Big business does not like really free market capitalism. Uh, they like capitalism that is bundled up with big, big corporations. Uh, the World Economic Forum and the Great Reset, you know, sometimes when you see some of their films or some of their uh, outlets, their information output, you would think you're watching a Hollywood movie. You'd say this can't be real. But by 2050, by 2050, they are saying you will own nothing. You won't even own your own body. 
your child will not be your child. They're saying this publicly today. This is for real. This is not made up stuff. So what do we do? You know, there are these elitists. And then, you know, when Hillary Clinton called us deplorables, that's the language they use. Uh, we are deplorables. We believe in Jesus Christ. We must be mentally deficient in some form. Uh, so this is, this is a great battle. It's the great battle of our time. And uh, these folks are serious. Uh, it's, and what's amazing to me, uh, Schwab, this guy Schwab out of Germany that's leading the World Economic Forum, once again, it comes out of Germany. You know, they gave us two world wars and now they're giving us this. Uh, I don't know what's going on in that part of the world, but we ought to maybe take a closer look. But American co corporate executives are funding this. They are supporting this. They want one world government. They want one point of taxation. They don't want to have to pay taxes in 180 countries. ExxonMobil's already got languages, language in their prospectus about aspects of this. You know, they were bringing it in incrementally, but 2016 and 2020 have really advanced their agenda quickly. So there's a lot of work here, but again, it ultimately it's our money that's funding what they're able to do. Okay, uh, let me just uh, try to summarize it. Um, so a type of uh, monopoly and globalism where they're the only ones left or whatever tax incentive and they're working on in an international arena is sufficient. Because in my understanding is this seems anti-capitalist um, oh, to, to be involved. Well, they claim they make more profit. That is untrue. And uh, that is what our investment side, second vote value investments or second vote advisors. That's what we have seven PhD economists. Several of these guys are right below Nobel uh, level. And this is what we study on the investment dollar side. There's a lot of misrepresentation with regard to ESG. And as we, I think, all know, a lot of these green strategies just don't pay for themselves. Without being subsidized, they can't make any money. And ultimately, they, they can't be subsidized forever. That's still our money. So it's money that's hidden from the true cost. The environmental movement, you have I view out of our six issues, the environmental movement may be the most dangerous because they have convinced with great marketing, young people, people all around the world that the world is going to fail or somehow it's going to uh, fall or you know, we're just, the world will come to an end in our lifetime. I think several years ago, they said we only had 12 years left. Well, it's not true. But a lot of people who can't think it through and are not critical thinkers, they believe it because it's said over and over and over again. And you may remember when the trees were on fire in Brazil two years ago and there was all this hysteria on TV about these trees on fire. There's three trillion trees on the planet Earth, or at least that many or not more. If you counted one tree a second, it would take you 100,000 years to count them. But a few trees catch on fire in Brazil and you'd think the world's coming to an end. Are, are there any major corporations that are standing against this and trying to unite against this movement? You have to go, no, uh, we are looking to do that. We are talking to corporations. We're also talking to red states and their big pension funds. Uh, we're talking to huge investment firms that do control invested dollars, but outside of BlackRock and the others that are really to the far left that are really trying to push this onto everybody but we do have active behavior going on. The SEC is promulgating rules that will enforce ESG on the corporations. If we don't push back hard enough now, there are organizations that are coming together independently, but we, we've got to coalesce them to make a bigger, uh, to get a bigger mass of, uh, or bigger, a louder voice. But uh, we've got to move faster. We've got to be more determined. We've got to draw more people into this mission. Great. Uh, thank you so much. I'd love to connect with you uh, offline as well, but thank you so much for your work. This is amazing. Back well, to you, Jim. You. Thank you. Uh, Dr. Black, I'd like to get everybody connected with websites. I, I thank you, Todd, for referring to uh, David Polinsky's website in Canada, streetchurch.ca, CA stands for Canada. But Dr. Black, one more time, the website for Second Vote is? 
with the number two, it's a two with an ND uh, vote.com. If I may, I'd like to give my personal email address if anybody wants to reach out to me. It's real easy. It's Dave Black 1948 at gmail.com. And you now know how old I am. <laughs> Very good. It's a pretty amazing statement that you made. The NFL is in bed with communism. That's just astounding when you hear that, how we used to regard the NFL and entertainment and sports. As, well, as a we all are, in, but we're all in bed with communism uh, because everybody's shopping at Target and Walmart. The, shel the shelves are filled with items from communism, from communist China. And if you don't go to, uh, to uh, uh, I understand Target and Amazon people get it, but Walmart, founded by Sam Walton, run by his company, in Bentonville, Arkansas. I mean, this is not out of New York City or San Francisco. How do you explain that rapid a compromise? When you've heard that a company has started a diversity office, it's almost game over. You know, Coca-Cola leaving Atlanta was driven by the diversity office. The, a lot of the reaction of Coca-Cola to the Georgia election law was driven by the diversity office. Again, a lot of time corporate executives are unaware of what's going on inside their own corporation or the board of directors may not be aware. And so it's the HR department or the diversity office that is taking action. They've been given authority and they've been given the power. And the people that populate those offices are not folks that are probably going to church on Sunday. Yeah, and the same thing with an evangelical Christian college. If they have an officer of, see, diversity, inclusion, and what's the third word? I'm leaving off equity. the third word. What? Equity. Yeah. Equity. If they've got an office of that, you know that that evangelical college is already compromised or on the verge of, of compromising. Um, say one more word, if you would, about the investment products. If people want to get in touch with you for investment purposes, uh, we hadn't planned this, but this is probably the third, maybe fourth World Prayer Network call in, in, in the last few weeks where we've actually hit the same topic, coming at the same topic from a different angle. So you have really put the, you've really put the icing on the cake for us in a powerful way. But go back to the investment products. So there may be some who say, hey, I need to get out of the investments I'm in. What do I do? Can we pull that slide up or maybe you just talk to us uh, give that information one more time. But, you know, yet if anybody will email me, I'll be happy to, I'm not allowed to speak too much about it because I'm not a registered financial uh, whatever. <laughs> so I could direct you to our team that really is a, an incredible team. In addition to the seven PhD economists, we have Al Newbert who created the S&P 500 index and the Russell 1000. And we have Jane Cantor, who created the uh, mutual funds products for T. Rowe Price. And we have Andy Puzder, who's on television frequently speaking on these subject matters. He's our executive chairman of our board of directors for the investment firm. So it's really a powerful team, great products. And, uh, but you can find it on the web at Second Vote Advisors. Uh, but you can also just email me and I'll make sure you get directed to the right folks. That's David Black, 1948 at Gmail. Dave Black, uh, not David, but Dave Black. Dave, Dave okay, got it. Yeah, Dave my Black. wife confuses that too. <laughs> can okay. tell you how many emails I have not received. <laughs> and uh, you can subscribe if I heard correctly for $50 a year and become a part of Second Vote. I'm so appreciative. What you're, this is quite remarkable, uh, what, you, what you're doing, sir. You're really uh, cutting a wide swath there. That's pretty amazing. Well, Diane, is, uh, you know, it's been a team effort between the two of us. We always try to make it a team effort, but she has helped provide tremendous advice through this whole uh, process. So uh, we, you know, there's a need. It's got to be met. And uh, we hope that we can educate enough folks. You know, it's always an active minority that wins in these radical moments. We need a bigger minority. We don't need a majority. We just need a bigger minority. 
when we had the privilege in back in July, July of 2014, of launching a ministry in uh, Washington, D.C., starting with weekly worship services at Riggs on Wednesday night on uh, the HC5, HC5 in the Capitol building. Uh, one of the persons we met fairly soon was Congressman Diane Black. And by the way, I am using the term correct when I say Congressman. Can you explain to them, Diane, why, why I say Congressman Diane Black as opposed to Congresswoman Diane Black? We're, we're not hearing you. That's because it is it is called in our constitution a congressman. It's a title. It's it's generic as far as I'm concerned. And I didn't need to be congresswoman. I am a congressman as noted in our constitution. Well, Congressman Diane Black was a great encouragement uh, to us in our ministry. And I sent you uh, I sent her some pictures uh, of us together in 2016. So many wonderful memories, and we we have high high regard for you. We're going to go now to a time of prayer. Is there anything else that any of the three of you, uh, uh, Dave, Diane, or, 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 or Todd, want to say before we go on to the next thing? We're going to be going into time of prayer. Anything we've left out? I think real quick, uh, Jim, just I don't think I uh, said our website. So it's rlcus.org, rlcus.org. And they can also email me at todd.coconato, C-O-C-O-N-A-T-O, at rlcus.org. Thank you. And I've known Todd for quite a time, folks. He's the real deal. So he is saying. awesome. The only thing we regret, we lost him in California and he <laughs> went to Tennessee. But you're doing a great work, work thank there. You, we sir. think so highly of you, Todd, Likewise. you and your wife, your family. We, we love you deeply. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please read the show notes for additional details if you would like a copy of the book or resources mentioned. Remember that WellVersed is a 501c3 tax-deductible nonprofit organization. We rely on your support and partnership. Thank you for listening to the WellVersed podcast. For more information, please go to www.wellversedworld.org.